you are about to enter the world of the Faceoff Hockey Podcast. Only, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? The cases are real. The debates are real. Their rulings are final. This guy's such an idiot here. <laughs> this is your podcast. This is Face Off Hockey. Tiger, where are you? Tiger! <laughs> we also didn't talk about how now there's going to be a... Uh, oh, no, wow, Daddy. All right, welcome everybody. <laughs> we have back our very first guest of Face Off Hockey Podcast, Stephen Ellis from the Hockey News Sports Illustrated. Let's get a clap going. Back on the show, recurring guest. That was a, that the first one was so much fun that I, I couldn't say no to this one. We love to hear it. <laughs> we just had to get you back on. And as the Jersey guy that I personally know as a Jersey guy, he did not disappoint with the Atlanta Thrashers throwback. <laughs> Game worn Andre DeVoe from his one preseason game. I actually came to find photos of that game. Wow. <laughs> but you got the jersey, so that's proof enough. Yeah. That um, pretty cool. My, 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 one of my other favorite game worn jerseys, that was Brady Vale Toronto Marley's jersey. I bought it for 75 bucks off the team. He played like six games, and like the jersey I specifically got, I think he had like three shifts and then got hurt. Do you have to have like a special connection to buy these jerseys? Like no, for <laughs> no, because no man, way. like that's cheaper than a jersey you can pretty much buy off like the NHL website or something. That was because like if you if you were to in a lot of AHL games, if you were to go to the rink itself on a day they're selling jerseys, they're just trying to get rid of them. And that time the jersey was two years old, so they just right. wanted it gone. I'm like. Number 79, that's random. I want it. <laughs> Signed it. And I, but I, I knew who Brady Vale was because a guy that I, I, I used to run a hockey website with, he wrote an article about Brady Vale. And even though Brady Vale like, went, didn't know nothing in his career, I just remembered the name ever like, since, so I had to buy it. I mean, it's a good <laughs> hockey name. It's a shame it didn't work out. I don't know. Good, good name. And he was a solid junior player. He was supposed to be a steal and then was not a steal unless he stole but, something. I don't know. But you want to know what is a steal? Gio knows what's a steal. What's a I know steal, it's a steal. Gio? Well, what's not only is Steven's number 79 jersey a steal, but we are also we brought to you by a great steal of a deal in Bean Bundle. Bean Bundle, Face Off Hockey Podcast is brought to you by them. Uh, are you a coffee lover? Do you prefer fresh roasted beans every morning in the afternoon? Or uh, sometimes like Mikey, he likes to have them at night. Um, well, you guys got to jump on board, subscribe to Bean Bundle. And it's Canada's newest coffee subscription. Each month, you get to try different trend, fresh hip roasters from across the world. And the best part is it's delivered right to your doorstep. Isn't that right, Cac? Oh, yeah. It's super easy to get started. First, you just choose how much coffee you want per month. So if I order myself two 12-ounce bags, that should last me about a month, right? So you choose how you brew at home. So like, do you use a filter or an espresso machine? Do you like medium or dark roasts? Choices are endless. Choices are yours. Lasco, what happens if you don't have equipment, bud? Uh, I personally love the dark roast, but uh, not to worry. Equipment will be provided by Bean Bundle should you need it. Uh, there's free shipping across Canada, and all you have to do is use our promo code PUCK10 at checkout to get 10% off any monthly subscription. Uh, that's promo code PUCK10 at checkout. Fresh and different coffees for you and your loved ones to try every month. Visit beanbundle.com for more. Uh, I'm I'm craving some of that coffee right now. It's been uh, it was quite a long weekend, and I'm I'm a little sleepy today. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we actually had some big news with our sponsor. They reached out to us, and they told us that a couple people had actually used our promo code and purchased coffee. Um, we have no idea who they are, 
So those yeah, people, please, <laughs> please hit us up on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, at FaceOffPuckPod. Uh, you can even comment on our YouTube page, but subscribe while you're at it. Face Off Hockey Podcast. And let us know uh, if you use the promo code and what kind of roasters you got, some what beans you got, and if you like it. Um, so without further ado, obviously, uh, Gary Bettman slash CAC, uh, introduced Steven, um, Steven, what's up, man? We haven't talked to you since April. So yeah, a lot has changed since then. <laughs> a lot has changed. Uh, actually the day, uh, the day we did the filming was the day after I stopped working at the hockey news and then, uh, I'm back and it's been a lot of fun doing stuff. I host my own, uh, uh, show for the entire playoffs, doing a lot of cool stuff. Actually, I just, uh, finished up about half an hour ago, an interview with uh, Manon Riome. Talking nice. about uh, playing for the Tampa Lightning, and she's got a book and a movie coming out, so that was a lot of fun doing that. And that's super cool. It's, it's uh, she that's she's awesome. She's a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, yeah, so it's been a lot of busyness doing stuff of line movement, doing uh, hockey betting stuff, and um, my big thing that I did during the uh, you could probably see a lot of it. Um, my big thing throughout <laughs> um, uh, my this entire pandemic is I've been doing a lot of online racing, and yeah. I got to race against. Uh, uh, like a bunch of real life race car drivers, and like even if you guys don't know racing, like, you guys probably know who Mario Andretti is, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I race in a league with him, wow. and it was so cool doing that. And I've got like actual sponsors, and Man. it's everything. It's it's been a lot of fun to do it. So well, I meant you, to actually you get involved in stuff like that. I just I've you see you're like the most interesting guy I've known in my entire life. Well, Stephen, before you, you answer, I I meant to I meant to ask because I know I'm pretty sure we mentioned this in the past. Me and Mikey, we have a mutual connection with um. Uh, Sam Fellows, whose yep. father is Ron Fellows, and I know right. you know him as well. And I was going to ask you what's going on in the racing world just before we get into some hockey news because we got a lot of hockey stuff to get into. Well, it's uh, racing. It's right now, like we're in the NASCAR playoffs, is a lot of fun, and um, it's ra- racing's in a good spot right now where everything's kind of back. It was always one of the first things that did come back, so it's been a lot of like this weekend. I got at least eighteen hours of racing to watch in a row, wow. Um, wow. so I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, like uh, you guys can't even see my desk, but I got like. <laughs> racing stuff everywhere uh, but like like more of obscure stuff and uh yeah like just being I, I i got to join this league with a bunch of like media guys and some people i didn't know but it's like they were all racing media and here is this canadian hockey guy that are like who the heck are you but it's just been a lot of fun and getting to like Mar- mario andretti's maybe not even the biggest name in our field we got kyle wow. bush a two-time nascar champion oh, we yeah. got a uh, bunch of other like big time nascar champions racing it's a lot of fun so uh that's kind of that kept me sane throughout all this because when there's no hockey, nothing else, what else am I going to do? And it's been fun to do that. I made some money off of it. And uh, I also spent way too much time on, it. I got a 24 hour race coming up in January that I'm already practicing. Stop. for. <laughs> what do you mean? A 24 hour virtual race? It's, it's, we, I, I've won it before actually. It's basically, oh, you, you're racing teams up to like usually four or five drivers in a car and you just race every couple hours, just switch the driver. But it's like you wreck your car, you're done. And it's, wow. it's painful. I got, I got a superstar guy that races with me and it sounds like we're going to get potentially a pro race car driver race with us in January. I got a fully sponsored my, uh, my friend, you can see the logo right there. The black yeah, yeah. outline I designed. Yeah. Eric Bodwin. Uh, he sponsors everything for no reason. It started as a meme. He sponsored all my events and <laughs> now we were awesome, fully man. funded for all these races. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we'll definitely have you back on in January that maybe a couple days after <laughs> that 24 hour run. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, I guess we got to start getting into some hockey news because we record once a week and we recorded <laughs> last Monday. So it's been what about, a week. Yeah. It's yeah. been about nine days. So we kind of predicted the NHL draft and we'll start off with you. 
um, on the draft, but we will talk about the free agent signings. Um, something really I have to get off my chest is what the hell did Taylor Hall do by going to Buffalo? That I don't understand. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You know, like, I don't yeah. hate it either. I don't. From hate which it perspective, though? For 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 everyone. Well, yeah. because my, my guess is with a deal like that. Taylor Hall was not getting the offers he wanted. I Buffalo, agree. Was, exactly. Buffalo had the space. They were willing to put the money in it. And, you know, this is a one-year trial thing. Um, yeah. Buffalo, you know what? I, I think if you give them a shot, they might be an eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. I, but at the same time, it's like, you, know, you said you want to win. But I don't think, the, like, he's signing a one-year deal. If you want to win, you go for a longer-term deal. You're, correct. You, you I wait the process. One I, year, I, I think you're just trying to try things out. I read that Nashville was pretty close, though. I don't know exactly what happened there, but apparently Nashville was kicking tires. Boston kept calling in, trying to check in. Oh, Boston, but... please just back off, man. <laughs> that's the thing about Nashville. Nashville would have been would have made sense because like it they've never made had sense. They, like they've never had a star forward stick around for a long. I time. I think it was the value. That's I, the thing. I think that's what it was. Right? Like the, the other, I thought Columbus would have should have been a huge um, factor in there, but then that was also the question: Does Columbus have an internal salary cap, and maybe that's why they didn't make really a serious run at anyone this year? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think like for Hall, he's not going to go win the Stanley Cup this coming season, but it's like he gets a shot where you know what he gets to play with Jack Eichel, and if this yeah, doesn't yeah. work out, Buffalo needs to to rip things apart next summer, anyways. Well, the, yeah. the thing is, are are we? I guess. Well, I, I was just going to say, because I wanted to touch on that, because, you know, me and Cac, since episode one, even like the audition tapes of this podcast, we had a thing going about Edmonton and Buffalo. And, you know, I, I kind of ripped on Buffalo a little bit, but I had faith, but I kind of like what they're doing. And we'll talk more about this a little bit later. Um, we'll get into some trades. Um, we got three big Hab fans on the show. Um, <laughs> that's a shot at Mikey. Um, we'll talk about the Domi, uh, Josh Anderson trade. Um, and then maybe that'll go into a little bit of contract talks. Um, but first I said, I would hit you with a hot take before we get into the draft. I will hit you with the Mikey hot take. And so far, well, it can't actually happen because Miko Koivu has signed, um, Columbus, right? He wasn't even the big part of that hot take. First of all, no, he wasn't. So, well, second of all, Steven didn't react very well to my, my first, Mike, you're already (laughs) defending yourself and I haven't even said the hot take yet. That's how I know you're sweating and you're in trouble. And I put on the stupid and I put on the stupid helmet. So (laughs) brace yourself, Steven. Okay. So Mikey is a big proponent of a Leafs fourth line of one of Jason Spezza. And that's one third of the deal. Correct. And then he wanted Miko Koivu. That's not going to happen. Okay, and there, his, his eyes already twitching. I just and, and then he wanted Joe Thornton. Please give us your initial breakdown. And we'll start with Joe Thornton in the Leafs because allegedly, yeah. before we came to air, there is mutual interest between the Leafs and Joe Thornton. So let's kind of get your initial reaction on that. Do you think Joe Thornton would actually be a good fit on the Leafs? Well, first off, just because I see the hat, I have to say the Ottawa Senators are going to be the next Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, and I said that wow. last year, and I'm sticking to it. Stop. I'm very happy I will be covering oh, them for man. the hockey writers. That actually yes. gave me heart oh. palpitations. Oh, wait, that's, it's right here. It's on the <laughs> yeah. stupid helmet, guys. That's, that's, what I, that's why I said that. I, oh. I do think, and this is before this year's draft. I'm just not confident yeah. in their prospect system. But um, for Joe Thornton going to the Leafs, like, you know, there's that's been a rumor for a while, and there's definitely every year it feels like. <laughs> but my, my question is just like, do the Leafs need another aging slow guy in their bottom six? And you know, they got Spezza. Um, Thornton, the thing with him is, I would like to see him go to a contender. Do you know what team could really use him? A team that gave him away for nothing. The Boston, Boston I knew you were gonna say that. Boston <laughs> yeah, would make a perfect know. sense for them. I don't because he could play a better role in Boston than he'd play in Toronto, which is weird because Boston, I, I believe team. that. 
I do believe that. Yeah. And, and putting them on the fourth line, it's like you get, you, you, the Leafs have so many f- potential fourth liners on that team that are, can be faster, maybe even more effective. And we know like Thornton's, we saw him last year. He just didn't look like he was really into it. Yeah. I personally thought he was going to retire, if anything. Um, yeah. So I don't know if going to Toronto makes any sense. Did he play all 82 games last year? Because at that well, age, no, nobody did. But he was on pace to play, to play 82. I correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. He, he, he played all 70 games that uh, San Jose so that, played. And, that's yeah, pretty just, impressive. And you know, you bring up Boston and some news has come out yesterday or well, I'm we're talking, we're pulling back the curtain. We're in the future here. Uh, yesterday that, you know, Bergeron or sorry, not Bergeron, um, Pasternak and Marchand, they're having surgeries and they could potentially miss the first little bit of the season. Do you, do you think that maybe entices Boston to maybe kind of really sweet talk Joe Thornton into coming? Cause they might need a little bit of support for the first month or two. It would be a cool homecoming story. Like, Hey, like, yeah. sorry, we gave you away for nothing. And then won a few Stanley cups without you. Um, but we <laughs> yeah, must hurt. don't want, sorry, just, we yeah, just one, um, fake uh, news. <laughs> yes, fake news. Yes, um, but like we want to stay in the cup with you. Come, we still have another shot at this. We're not done yet, and uh, so I think that would be a perfect fit for for Boston because I think you'd get a better role. Because in San Jose, he played key minutes, but again, it was San Jose. He didn't really have much to play with. You put him in Boston, you'll at least put him in a winning situation. And like you know, he, he's 2018-19. He had a fifty-one point season. At the yeah. same time, he's forty-one years old, and once you hit like thirty-five, the drop mm-hmm. off each year for a normal player is quite big. And for him, I think we're already starting to see like he, he fell down to thirty-one points this past season. He probably was going to cap up maybe thirty-five at best, um, which would have been, I believe, the worst season since his rookie year. So but that's with a shitty team, right? That's, the thing. that's mean, a crappy team. You give him a chance at like Boston, fine. Yeah. But I think he plays a better role in Boston than he would in Toronto. I, fourth see, line in Toronto. Well, that, that's, a, that's a shutdown rule. Thornton uh, yeah. could still be a good playmaker, but you just need someone who can and, go out and there that's, and finish it off. And that's what where I bring that point in is that, like, I mean, no one expects him to be Joe Thornton, first line, you know, fucking great player. But, I mean, on Toronto, I mean, why would he do well on – like, are you saying Toronto's not a contending team? And I, I, I – Don't I think put words are. in his mouth, Mikey. I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just are. saying because he said bo- – he said – he said Boston is a, I think it's it's, it's just team. about a fit. It's just a better fit. That's the thing. So, I, so Boston, I do agree with you there. I think yeah. it I think it is a better fit for sure in Boston, but Yeah. But, Toronto's still a contending team, but when you look at Boston, they're they're a one-line team. It's, yeah. you shut down those guys, you're going to be able to stop them. But that line is just so good right. and you know like they've now missed a piece of defense. But they still got the goalie that when he's healthy and when he's all good, we know how good he could be. They still got a solid defense core, but they're going to need some more scoring help. And that's a guy where someone like Joe Thornton could still be impactful. I think you put Thornton on the second power play unit. Like, you can give him that role. I don't think he gets that in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of just where I'm thinking. Like, I think Boston, he, he could, in theory, still skate sometimes in the second pairing or second line, which I right. don't think he would ever do in Toronto when you're second center right. is either Matthews or Tavares. You're but right. As, I, I, sorry, Cac, I just want to throw out there. So I feel like the, the difference between the Leafs uh, first and second line and their third and fourth line, it's pretty drastic difference. I find Boston's always got decent depth. All of their lines show up. They all play. They all have a, a, a something to contribute to the game. Um, but I feel like Joe Thornton on the Leafs can provide some very much needed experience and maybe some sort of guidance for those younger players that might play alongside him. I mean, I, I just feel like he can provide a little bit of leadership in terms of 
this is what it takes to win. I've been doing this for, I don't know, 20 years almost. And but he hasn't um, won yet. <laughs> and, and, and that's fair. That's fair. But like at the same time, he's also a really good player. He's a very good playmaker. And I think he would be able to instill a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a firecracker under, under some of the young players' asses just to get them going a little bit. So that's sort of where I'm coming from. And I think he would, he would still be a good fit for the team. I think he'd still be an effective player. But when you look at it, they got Wayne Simmons. they got Joey Anderson. they got Tabatsa. Yeah. they got Barabanov. They've got a lot of guys already that would be fighting for that fourth line. Simmons is likely going to be the third-line guy, maybe play yeah. against like Kerfoot and Robertson. But uh, I don't know if you need another 40-year-old playing in the, in the bottom six. I don't think that's going to – like, I, I think he would be effective in the Leafs, but I think he'd be more effective elsewhere. Is kind of what yeah. I'm to say. If anything, Thornton would be injury capital for the Leafs if someone were to go down. I just don't. I mean, and as like the whole take, which is why I, I said it mockingly a couple of weeks ago, is because Thornton yeah, would slow that whole thing down. No, I did. I did. I wasn't serious. You were. That's fine. That's fine. I was like, oh, that'd be funny. And then Gio got the joke and you're like, I'd want that. No, And then started this whole thing. Don't put words in Gio's mouth either. But anyway. Hey, you know, I'm saying Gio agreed with me. Gio agreed with me that it was a joke. But I'm not putting words in it. It's facts. So, (laughs) gosh. So, yeah. So, I just think that he wouldn't really be a fit other than if there was an injury. I I would love, and I I agree with Steven, he'd be – Else, he'd be better suited elsewhere. And Toronto, I mean, and we're going to get into this when we talk about free agency, but they have the the way they've been signing has been really team friendly deals, which is very, very uh, good job on Dubas's part. But I mean, like Jimmy VC at nine hundred grand, I mean that's crazy. Like uh, he would have yeah. gone over a million somewhere else. So. Well, maybe maybe he just wasn't getting those offers, and we'll kind of use that to but, segue into free agency. Oh, okay, go ahead, well, no, go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, just the whole because we were talking about Taylor. Um, well, no, about other offers. Who were we talking? Was it Taylor Hall that we were talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, yeah, it was a, a multi-year deal at around six million per. But Jack Eichel put Craig Adams in a position, and there's this rumors Kevin with Adams. the deep dive. What did I say? Craig, Craig Adams. Oh, right. Sorry. Craig Patrick. You get your Craig friends Patrick, mixed up Tim, pretty often on this Bruce show. Bruce Lee Adams you? did have a beard. <laughs> Kevin Adams, Brian Adams, uh, he, Jack Eichel <laughs> said t- to him that he wanted the Sabres to be a contender before the trade deadline, whenever that will be, or else he wants to leave. So Kevin Adams was in a position where he pretty much had to go for the fences. And it was a pretty, uh, it was a good swing. Uh, I don't know if that's going to. Yeah, well, well, you know what? We'll start. We'll start Move with on. Taylor Hall. I wanted to. Oh. I wanted to segue off what Steven said with Boston and their defense because I was going to use the Krug Petrangelo, but we're we've already talked about Taylor Hall, so let's talk about that um, and Buffalo because you know I found it really odd when I saw Taylor Hall signing a one-year deal, eight million in Buffalo. I thought for sure. He would, you know, I thought he was putting it out there. He wanted to go to a winning team. He wanted to go to a contender. And going to Buffalo would say the total opposite. And I think Buffalo rip, was confused too. Yeah, it's not, it's not to rip on our Buffalo fans or anything like that, but that's just a franchise or an organization you definitely don't want to go to if you want to win. But on the other hand, Kevin Adams, you know, he's coming in hot. You know, he's made a couple deals. Johansson for stall swap. Steven, what did you think about that? Because, you know, like we've kind of chirped Bill Guerin a little bit saying we have no idea what he's doing in Minnesota, but I think Eric Stahl can be a really good piece for the Buffalo Sabres. And I've been slowly looking at their top six. You know, you got Eichel, Skinner, if he's healthy, Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl. I love Victor Olofsson. I think he's a great <laughs> young player. Um, I'm kind of waiting 
Maybe you're still waiting. Maybe we're all still waiting for Rasmus Dahlin to take that next big step. Um, Linus Allmark and Nett, I've heard only really good things about him. So is Buffalo a team to look out for? Is that why Taylor Hall went there? Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I got ripped apart uh, in a YouTube video not long ago where I basically <laughs> said, like, okay, well, the Sabres have some really good top six. And we like those guys you mentioned, you throw in Reinhardt on there. Like, it's a good yep. group of top six. And I like, agree. And, like, Eakin and Cousins. Or Cousins That's would the be other one, sol- yep. That's a solid third line. Little scary after that. But then I got ripped apart because I said I didn't like their defense. And I'm sorry, Jake McCabe and Rasmus Dahlin is your top pairing. Yeah, and Henry Yokiharu and Rasmus Bristolainen. I love Yokiharu. I love Rasmus Dahlin. The other two, why? Like, you can't yeah. get excited about that. I looked at it earlier today, I believe Daily Faceoff, the one that does the, um, the line combinations, and they rank right. based off of, I don't know what the ranking system is, like the best lines. And they had the 27th, their top pairing was the 27th best top, top pairing, and their second pairing was their 27th best. It's like, okay, that's not a good top four. And I'm not really convinced about Linus Olmark too. I think they're really kind of waiting until Uka Pekalukanen is ready to go because he's an incredible goaltender. He's going to be the team's next Ryan Miller, a guy they really need. Um, right. I don't think the team's ready yet. I do think to put some closer to contention, but I think what they're going to do is because this is kind of a, let, let's prove to you we're serious about winning the Stanley Cup, Mr. Jack Eichel. And, yeah, right. And Hall. Yeah. This is like, we're going to get you a star. We might not make the playoffs, but we'll get close. And we're going to start showing some promise. And then the next year, they're going to start doing things. And I think that's going to be what's really the, the difference maker. I do think they are going to get Hall for a couple years after this. I think wow. fully Interesting. with Hall going to Buffalo, when he if he really wanted to go and win the Stanley Cup, he would have taken less money somewhere else. He did. I agree. This is a guy that... Like at his high end, I believe his like best total is like ninety one points. He's actually not a high volume goal scorer. No. He he's a good two way player. He's reliable, everything like that when he's healthy. Um, but we also saw in Arizona there was a lot of holes to his game. Um, so I think that he's now got a superstar forward to be passing on the puck. He's going to be able to do things that maybe he would have loved to do in Edmonton had he stuck with Connor McDavid. Um, now he gets to do it here. I think Buffalo is going to be on the verge of making the playoffs, but I don't think they're ready yet because they do have the questions on defense. And if you are relying so much on Rasmus Dahlin, scary. Yeah. Well, and, and the I other agree. thing is that there is other teams in the division in particular, yeah. Montreal and Toronto, that they would have to leapfrog. But the problem for them is that they got better. And so, yeah. so that also is a, another thing. It's, I think it's like a probationary period for, I think both the Buffalo Sabres and Taylor Hall, see what you got. And then, Jack Eichel's pretty much, I don't want to say ultimatum, but okay, fine. Ultimatum uh, is a perfect example of this. But it's interesting when you talk about the, the culture of the Buffalo Sabres is interesting. Did Taylor Hall talk to Patrick Berglund or Ryan O'Reilly at all before he, before he made this decision? Or Ooh. he just loves Ralph Kruger so much that, and for context for folks who don't know, Patrick Berglund uh, pretty much forced his way out of Buffalo saying that how he hated hockey went back to Sweden and that was pretty much it never really heard from him again but he's happy now and that's good to hear Ryan O'Reilly before he went to the, uh, be a, a Conn Smythe winner was saying how much he hated the sport while playing in Buffalo so it's kind of interesting hearing Taylor Hall 93 point heart getter heart trophy winner going to this team where it seems like it's completely toxic it's so 2020, honestly. It's so 2020. <laughs> Did you hear the ooh when I said that? Uh, That's yeah. the thing. It's like, it, like, yeah, that, that it, 
it's such a weird choice for him. But at the same time, like if the Sabres, like this could be more of a ploy of keeping Eichel in town. Than that's what it is. That, that's hundred percent exactly what it has is. to be. We're serious about this. Okay. You've got the winner, but you mentioned Toronto and like Buffalo, like those teams got better. Like just looking like we give Toronto's defense so much crap for the fact that like their bottom, like their, their top, their bottom pairing was useless last season yeah. and you saw in, in in game five against columbus where like did morgan Riley get off the ice in the third period it didn't feel like <laughs> no. it. um but now you're looking at it like rightfully a, so yeah and you're looking at morgan Riley, tj Brody, jake muzzin and then i guess that right d spot could be up to hall it could be dermot maybe you get one of the younger guys to kind Mikko of Miko letton is ripping up the khl yeah. right now and he's yeah. probably gonna get his chance just like zaitsev and just like ozhanov got with the leafs now i, I, I will say this. more confident for sure. I, I do like Nico Lennon, but I would say I was more confident in Zaitsev heading in. I'm, wow, I don't know if, okay. Lennon's having a great year, but he's also like the KHL wow. is... I'm, well, I'm, that's, I, I, got, I, got my comp, I got my reservations with the KHL. I'm I host the KHL show. You. I got to be quiet, I guess. No, agree, you know what? I, agree I, I 100% you. agree, but... Um, I will say this because I did go on Twitter and I said, you know, everyone's, oh, Nico Lennon, he's locked in, he's ripping up the KHL, and I'm like, let's do it in the National Hockey League on exactly. North American soil yeah. you know and the Leafs have been lucky I don't want to say lucky but the Leafs have been able to get three years in a row now or what seems like three years in a row three of the last four years to get really sought after KHL defensemen and Zaitsev Ozhiganov there's big hype around him and you know everyone was after Zaitsev and he chose Toronto because presumably the Leafs were like we're gonna play you and that's and apparently the same thing with, yeah well his first you know what in all defense of Lou his first year, Zaitsev was really good, and that then it just took a total 360. But anyway, I will say this: I will say this about Mikolena. He's playing for a Yokerit team that's playing in such a bleh division. Yeah, like Dynamo Riga is brutal. Yeah, uh, Spartak Moscow is not a good team, and there's no real huge contenders in that division. So yeah, he's, he's kind of just beating up on the weak guys. Yeah, but, so right, it's it's uh, a waiting game, but there's promise at least. Th- th- right? That's the thing. You 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 can't be upset with how he's playing. Exactly. I just would be. I would hate. There's a lot of people putting so much faith in him when it's like, I, would it I almost be better to give yeah. Logan or Sandin an opportunity. Yeah. I think so. To yeah, and I think I think you know if you if you pencil in, we're gonna now talk about the Leafs because of their signings. If you pencil in Brody, Riley, Muzzin, I mean, you hope they're gonna sign Dermot. Who knows what's happening there? Um, hope, though, you gotta keep him. him? You, you gotta keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Look, you look at like you know he's he's not a huge point producer and he's maybe not living up to what a lot of people thought he would. It's like, but yeah, I I'm one so. of those guys. <laughs> he's yeah, a guy, me too. He, he's a guy that if you're on any other team, you're thinking, do you know what we need on defense? A Travis Dermott type player. Well, the yeah. Leafs have him. But Don't what move kind him. of what kind of type player is that though? Like he seems like he's not super strong on the defensive side, but he's also not super strong on the offensive side. Like as as an offensive defenseman. So where does he fall? Like he's kind of in that hybrid area where I don't know what his Two job way. is. And I'm two-way defenseman. I, 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 like he, he, I mean, I don't know. He, I think he's a good puck moving defenseman. Um, and I think he's, but the problem is he's always been so sheltered. You look at the minutes he's played. He, a lot yeah. of times he's not playing really key minutes or he's playing against. Like, <laughs> That's uh, true. Like it's, I think that the, maybe the opportunities have been there because he kind of got put in a spot where they maybe didn't need to call him up when they did. And mm. he was kind of just buried a bit. So I like to see him take on a bit more responsibility. That's a good point. Um, actually. I didn't, he, I never took that. I never, yeah, never it, thought about that. He, he was a guy in junior where you loved when he had the puck. And I feel like that that's not been really his role. It's more like, let's shut down someone down. So, well, again, give him opportunities to kind of flourish with the puck. And 
you know, maybe he hasn't taken advantage of all opportunities, but a guy who's still young, still yeah. developing, still got some good years left in him, obviously. Um, I would yeah. say that's someone you, you, you really want. And, and at the same time, you know, maybe if you feel confident in Logan or Sandine, fine, but I, I don't know if either of them are, could outperform what, what Dermot brings right now. And I think too, and I agree with Steven, you don't move him because also you don't really know what you have in Lennon, but Travis Dermott, there's still potential. He's only 23 years old. So there's potential there for him to grow, but there's also, there's also, again, like I was saying with the whole Thornton thing, uh, injury capital. You don't have Martin Marinson as your seventh D man anymore. He's now a 10th option. I love hearing that. And you know, that's the point I was going to bring up. And while I'll actually praise Dubas for what he's done so far, going into next season, whenever that may be, Um, you know, he's creating competition within. When is the last time you could really sit here and say the Leafs have had eight, nine solid, okay, maybe not solid, but eight, nine NHL defensemen. You know, Zach Bogosian, it's it's been a while. And Zach Bogosian, I like the signing. signing. I think he's going to play more often than not, to be honest. You know, he's going to give that little bit of balance. He's going to offer a different yeah. look on the back, and he's going to be a mean guy. We haven't had a mean guy back there since Roman Polak. And I, I was I was a proponent. Yeah, Steven's got a little bit of the eh face, but <laughs> take it for what he is. You know, Surprised I- they brought him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Surprised they brought who back? When they brought Polak back to, for that, because they had him on this two times. I thought yeah, one time was time, enough, yeah. and then they brought him back. But you mentioned Bogosian. It's like, that's, again, we're talking about a guy who's still just – 30 years old and the yeah. third overall pick 12 years ago yeah. and as a guy who might be the seventh defenseman. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's going to be great as Morgan Riley's defense partner. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've Don't seen death charts. Again. I've seen death charts that have that. Well, Hey, you know what? It's, it's all, it's all I'm not saying they're right. Yeah. So right. I want to know the right. What year is this? I would, yeah, exactly. I would love to hear from Steven though. Like who he thinks would like for the Leafs defense, for example, who do you think would make, good defensive partners because they everyone says you know they put muzzin and hall together i don't like it they're both this similar defensive uh players and they're both also very slow big bodies it, it kind of worries me a little bit so i want to know what do you think What's your- I, I would like to see rasmus sandinas as partner yeah um and basically when i look at defense like i know a lot of coaches like coaches and fans will always say well he's left shot right shot to me it doesn't matter if, if there's some good if the two if the two players worked well together why not? I, I, I was a right-hand shot defense that played on the left side, and I also didn't go to the NHL, so it didn't matter. But uh, <laughs> anyways, it's, uh, there's a reason I'm, I'm here and not playing. Um, but uh, when you look at that, it's like I, I would love to see one of those young guys get an opportunity because I think the, the longer you sit Logren and Sandin, like Sandin, like, again, he, he got to the AHL early, but Logren, he's been here a little longer, and I feel yep. like I'd like to see him get a shot. Yep. And I feel like Sandin was kind of favored over him. And, you know, Logren... Uh, you're right, though. I've heard very little about, about Logren versus Sandine. Well, like, so the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. TJ Brody's wearing number 78. He's the first Leaf to ever wear number 78 um, in a regular season. But did you know Lilgren and Sandine both also wore 78 in preseason games? Well, no. There's an uninteresting <laughs> I heard, I fact. That. I saw that tweet, yeah. Yeah. I did not, did not know that. that. That's a super uninteresting fact. I That's just a fact. But when, <laughs> when you look at that, it's like, I, I would love to see those guys get more opportunities because I think people are kind of forgetting them. You know, yeah, they need to really boost up their the bottom yeah. the bottom pairing guys. And you're not looking for like, you know what, if your draft prospects are not the best options, fine. You That 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 happens sometimes. But you got to wonder when they're going to be given an opportunity. I thought this yeah. year, it's like, you know what, the whole thing was they needed to really, to me, they didn't need to get a big defenseman. They didn't need to go get a guy like TJ Brody to be a, like a, a valuable minute crunching guy to me they just need to focus on that bottom pairing and not having martin marinson 
or giving Cody Cece any ice time. Oh, um, thank you. Yes. They, they, they needed some guys. This is who why you're bring, a friend of the show. <laughs> they needed some guys who, who could be a youthful presence that can bring in on the energy and maybe could really progress through the lineup. I thought those two guys should have been given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at now, if Bogosian and Brody bringing getting brought in, and exactly. Of course, in, you you got to wonder right? where do they fit in. Exactly. Well, and I, I agree. I like, agree with that. Uh, I, you do not want their development to plateau, but I will say I saw a bunch of Marley's games and it seemed like Sandine in terms of development was overshadowing Lilligren, at least from oh, my yeah. standpoint. But in, in ter- and what you, what I found very surprising with what you said was not worry about a big D Morgan, right? Who was Morgan Riley's best defense partner since he's been in the NHL? Who is it? See, there you go. Fun. You got yeah, nothing. Yeah. Ron Hainsey? Ron Hainsey? It probably is yeah, Ron Hainsey. Like, I think at a certain hey, point. Hey, don't chirp Uncle Ron. All right? I love Uncle Ron. Don't get me wrong. Uh, okay, I, sh- I should clarify what I was saying then. In that case, it's, yeah, you still want him to be playing with someone really good, obviously, but it's yeah. more like you, you don't want to spend all that money on one guy and then well, that hurt your bottom pairing because you look at Dyson Barry he brought on a big salary cap hit last year that hurt their ability to go address their needs in the bottom pair he was also trash but but, and we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that we're gonna get we're getting to this pacific division later (laughs) but but tj brody they didn't really break bake uh break the bank with no that's yeah that's again you didn't have to with him with the way with Dubas and getting these team-friendly deals off this with these ufas i I do love that it was kind of crazy because TJ Brody, I like Calgary was trying to make it work and probably offering more money to retain him. So to, for him to, to go to Toronto, yeah, was something interesting. Well, okay, so I guess I should further also clarify. I, what more of what I was thinking is they shouldn't have gone out and made a, a big bet for Petrangelo or Tory Crew. I agree with those. I do agree with that. I completely agree. As soon as Vegas steps into the picture, you're just like. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> you got nothing. Sorry. But yeah, like for, for that, it's like if you're the Leafs, we, again, we saw like, you know, Tyson Berry didn't play great last year, but he also wasn't horrible by any means. Well, Babcock didn't help. Yeah, but he didn't, like, it seemed like Babcock just didn't give two craps. Even, about even without Babcock, he was, he was just not very. No, okay, he played, he played so a little bit could, better. Okay, I'm going to let, okay, Steven, you go, and then I'm going to throw in my stats after. But like that, that, like I was saying earlier, it's like with Morgan Riley, you couldn't, you, like having him play so much in the late yeah. like in a, such an important game you want your best players playing a lot but the fact that like every time he was off the ice toronto found themselves back in their own end and we saw that last goal where you wonder what the hell yeah. and uh like it, i think they just needed to have the better depth they now have that answer they got the depth if bogosian is your seventh defenseman wow you could be doing a lot worse than yeah, that i agree exactly and, and teacher brody is going to be very important to the team and that was a great signing i 100 like that deal but i just wanted to like I think the Leafs needed to put a focus on making sure they had the depth, and they do have that depth. Now. And, and it's, it was just infuriating to watch Babcock pers- purposely try to undermine whatever um, Dubas was trying to do with Barry. So under Babcock, Barry yeah. had seven assists. <sighs> Mike, stop. Seven assists, seven points in 23 games. That puts him at a 25-point pace. If you go under Keefe, five goals, 27 assists, 32 points in 47 games, 56-point pace. Stats guy. He puts him. He puts him on the first the the first power play unit when Morgan Riley should hundred percent be on the first power play unit. If but you want, that's what Barry was doing there, in Colorado, though. That's why I, he was so. Touted. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Morgan Riley's the better defenseman. He's the better player, in my opinion. That's that's wasn't the case. Barry on PP two. He was on PP two until Keith took over, and then he was on PP one. Yeah. So I mean, it didn't help the team at all. It helped Barry's stats. Sure, great job, Tyson Barry. Well done. Maybe you'll get five million next year. But like, I mean, I don't think that was the right decision by any means. In my, 
that's my opinion. I, I, I'm open to hear other people's opinions, but I think that was the wrong choice. Sure, it, it increases point totals. It didn't help the team, though. I think, well, and we're going to talk about the fit with Edmonton, but Tyson Berry was more of a quarterbacking on the power play. As far as defensemen, like being like a stay-at-home defenseman, what they kind of needed, like an anchor, I don't think the fit was there. And I think Dubas, that's the problem. When you had the coach and the GM kind of butting heads and pulling this player apart, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And quickly before we move on to another team in, in the Atlantic, um, Stephen, Wayne Simmons. You know, we all know about Wayne Simmons. I think it's a good one-year signing for them. He'll play some third-line minutes. But what can you tell us if you know anything about Philip Hollander Joey, or Joey Anderson or Travis Boyd? Because I'm completely left in the yeah, dust. But I know a little bit about Philip Hollander, and apparently he's a really good prospect, and he might have a chance of making the team. But who's Joey Anderson and who is Travis Boyd? <laughs> Travis Boyd's a very good AHLer. There That's we it. go. Is there our new Eric Fair? It, it, he's he's kind of what Ben Andres was for a long time. Oh, oh, no, what, a, go oh what a callback. What a like, name throw out. You know, or, or even if you want to get more obscure, Ryan Hamilton was a pretty good AHL. Too, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I will say this. I, I Andres, really, I'm, I'm just floored by that. Travis Boyd is – I like that one. I, li- I like that signing, but – don't expect him to play in the Leaf camps. Injury, um, injury, so what does got that a backup do guy. That? What's the point? Uh, well, yeah, part of it is, you know, you want a veteran guy who could be yep. very good, who could call up and you could play a few games, but his focus if is working with him. your young guys. Yeah. And that's really key. And I, I like Philip Hollander, by the way, big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the other guy? Sorry, you mentioned? Uh, uh, Joey Anderson. Joey, Joey Anderson. Anderson. Joey Anderson is a guy who I think will max out as a third liner. But you, it's not for the, like. Let me put it this way: you, you you make that deal because you need the cap space, 100%. and that's it. Anderson was, I think, a lot more like people really thought he was going to be a lot better than he was, but he's a really good energy guy. You know, he'll throw big kids. He'll get you excited. Uh, he's not a bad playmaker. He can actually move the puck quite well. He's, uh, he's very skilled for it. He just doesn't have the kind of the finishing points to it. So he might wow you for a couple plays, but I'm, I'm not totally convinced he's anything better than a third line player, but you know, that's fine. You know, Leafs needed the cap space. That was more important to them and they got it. Uh, Philip Hollander, I'm a really big fan. He's a solid prospect where, again, he's, I think he might, he might turn into a third round pick um, at the same, or third line player, I should say. Um, but he's so competitive. It's like every shift he plays, it's I like, like that. he's playing for his career. And, and that's what I, that's what yeah. I feel like the Leafs would need. Right. And uh, like I, I've mainly seen him play in international hockey, and he didn't. He wasn't on the world. Uh, he was on the world junior team a couple of years ago, and um, I, I think what you just love about him is he will chase every puck. He'll throw a big hit. Um, he makes really smart plays, and he just he'll spend a lot of time in front of the net. And you're firing me up everybody. over here. He's, so, you're making me his be- like his biggest fan. Like, if I you can keep him for under two million dollars in his career, around two million dollars, I think you're getting incredible value out of him. You think he um, can get? You think he can? Uh, he can make two million dollars in I his think, career? Uh, well, we're talking like when he's playing the NHL, the cap should yeah. go up a bit. Right. Um, we just you got to be patient with him. I don't think yeah. we'll see him the next two years. I'd say. Um, but I think he's a guy where maybe if Mikheyev leaves, he's his replacement type thing. Cool. Do you think if, he, if you like uh, Mikheyev, you might like him? Do you think he oh, achieves okay. that with the Leafs, or do you think the Leafs eventually let him go and then he he? Right, that that's tough to say for any kind of guy. Yeah, that's that's, that's tough to tell yeah, for prospects. So. But let's just say this: a lot of times, Leafs will give away a prospect and they'll play much better because you know right. they're could be trade. Yeah, or they they'll win, or they'll win Stanley Cups. That's kind of the trend with guys that yeah. leave the Leafs. Hey, yeah, what's <laughs> who's that defenseman that they picked fifth overall a long time? Hmm. Oh, oh, I, oh yeah. the one oh. where the rebuilds coming to Toronto. <laughs> Luke said, <laughs> Stanley yeah. Cup champion. But, but what you, you know what? Good for him. I'm actually happy for him. Cat, go ahead. 
Um, so I'm so glad that the Leafs never did this and listen to Darren Dreger and trade Jimmy VC for William Nylander or <laughs> the other way around. Sorry. But where does Jimmy VC fit in all this? Because $900,000 deal. If he stay, if he's in the NHL, hundred thousand dollars in the a, does he battle for a fourth line position? Cause I don't really see him overtaking anybody on the third line. I think he makes the team, but Steven, go ahead. He's a nice guy. I'll say this. He's a, he's oh, got, he he's, a nice, okay. he's a very nice person. He's a nice, <laughs> nice person. Um, he had 20 points despite having a good opportunity in Buffalo. And uh, Buffalo was also yeah, Buffalo's not a good team, but he, got top he had a better minutes. opportunity there than yeah. he's got in Toronto. He actually did skate alongside a friend of his, Jack Eichel. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I don't think he's anything more than like a third, fourth line energy guy, mostly fourth line. Um, think Nick Payton, just a different forward position type thing like you're I gonna Nick Patan. He's, he's a utility I, I thought you know Nick Patan. I thought he was gonna be a 70 point guy in the NHL and I and, I, <laughs> I mean I, I I feel like I felt the same way last year even like I felt like he still had the potential but he just wasn't in the in the proper he's so fast but the problem is like like obviously we talk about how it, like with prospects and stuff you know like don't just ignore the small guys like you, you see michael ross he fall down because he's smaller yeah. than other guys you know what while, while size is this in a skill player might not matter size in a depth guy where you are playing a check and roll does matter and I, that was I kind agree. of the problem with nick Payton. he was just miscast he, and I, usually, I agree i completely agree that you I just reminded me we were supposed to start off with the draft talk but you know we'll save it for the end because we're already in the middle of free agency yeah. um yeah. so now let's bring it to the other team in the division before we keep going because we're going to be going for a while here um they habitant um, yes this is what i've been waiting les for habitants. les habitants I mean, um so I, CAC, I think they did a very well a very good job cac <laughs> well <laughs> thanks well, Mikey, Mikey, you know we know how he feels because he's a big I, Hab fan. I'm but. not. I'm not okay. I, I like the Habs. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I love I, the that's Habs. another. That's another clip for you, Gio. But <laughs> I mean, I respect the Habs and and what they've done. I actually think they've done a pretty good job. Well, yeah. So we'll start it off with the trade. So, Cac, if your initial reaction because you so, said you had originally talked about this before it actually happened, Joey yeah, Anderson I, for Max Domi. Uh, Joey. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, Anderson. Yeah, I'm thinking of the different Anderson. <laughs> What's his name? What's Sean, his name? The other Jay Anderson. Oh, I actually, said Joey, you, too. Well, you start this. I'm going to get a jersey. All right. I Before I start my up. little no, Kat, go ahead. Well, no, because I wanted to lead in with something before, because you guys know this story, but he doesn't. Okay, what's what's the jersey before I get Yeah, I'm curious, show? too. So, uh, you guys know my favorite player on the Habs, Christopher Hewitt. First of all, Hewitt, yes. But yeah, bro. Who's, who's my favorite skater that played on the Canadians? I want to say Saku Koivu, but Kovalev. Richard Zednik or Kovalev? Uh, no. or well, Ryan? None. Knowing Steven, it's going to be someone completely off the board, never heard of. And see, I already got it, but I have no idea who the hell he's talking Greg about. Greg Stewart? So, no, so so this is <laughs> this is from the 2009 season, if you guys That's remember. Dress? Oh, yeah. Wow. Ah, what a legend, bro. I Yo. love Latondres. That's the player Yo. that I want right now. This is this has been every sitting. Team. It's been sitting in the corner. Six foot two, two hundred and thirty beautiful pounds jersey. I love that jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's I got this for Christmas one year, and uh I also have um the the red and green Christmas tree looking jersey. Oh they yeah, had, they yeah. played Detroit in those, didn't they? I, I got uh, no. So the, they played Detroit in the the barber pole jerseys because I remember. Oh, Robert, I specifically ones, remember yeah. Robert Lyon making a nice move. Yeah, um, yeah, very yeah. obscure Robert fact. Leg. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I that uh, oh man, I've I, I've been looking for that barber pole jersey at a good price for a long time. Never found it. It's ugly as hell, but I I want one. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so that's actually very impressed. I like those jerseys. I wish they I brought love, those back. I love that you well, just whipped that yeah. jersey out. But Mike, that's the thing. No, you love everything abs. That, that's <laughs> the thing. You, you don't want 
Like, do you want it this if the Leafs are using the same colors? That's the thing. Hell, He's, Tampa Bay's pretty much using the Leafs jersey. More, I was going to say, it looks more like a Tampa Bay jersey than a Leaf jersey. But it does. It tossed, definitely does. But it, I just you know, tossed this jersey over there. Oh, I have like five jerseys on my bed right now. I got I got a Terry, Table Terra Vina jersey I got for 20 bucks at uh, the X one year laying there too. So so to the <laughs> Joshua Anderson thing. So so Steve, you don't know you don't know this, but I'm gonna tell you. And Gio was kind of salty with, with, with this story, but I and he doesn't I believe wasn't it. salty. <laughs> Buddy, I could have passed you jackass. the salt and it wasn't enough. But like um but uh so I when I supply taught, I got to know Josh Anderson's cousin, first cousin, and I she had the receipts, they had pictures. First cousin once removed. No, blood, my, <laughs> shush, is it Denise? So um, you're ruining the story. Okay. Sorry, so, buddy. so sh- this was at St. Patrick's mm-hmm. school in Burlington and sh- they were Hab fans. The Andersons are Hab fans. And I was saying to her, man, like tell your cousin to go to Montreal, just go. And then the, the morning the trade happened, I said to my brother, Max Domi for Josh Anderson. It has to happen one for one. And then the third round. Pi- yeah. And then the third <laughs> round pick was added. I was like, well, I don't know about that, but um, in terms of the deal itself. So look, Darren Ferris should be a, a GM if he wants the pay cut, but Darren <laughs> Ferris was brilliant in the fact that he pretty much forced Montreal to take either a one-year deal that would have brought him to UFA status or a seven-year deal. So the Habs only had one of two options and Domi, who's also a Darren Ferris client is taken, took the two-year deal with Columbus puts Max in a position to be a UFA. The signing was a big swing. Mm. And I think this is a big reason why the talks with Gallagher have kind of stumbled. Now, when I was, had, was I, when I was in my GM mode in NHL 19, I had Gallagher, first line, Anders, uh, Anderson, third line, Toffoli, second line, because Toffoli wanted more money. So um, <laughs> Easy, don't hit yourself there. <laughs> life imitating art, right, boys? So <laughs> this kind of worked pretty much how I kind of designed it in, in NHL 19. But Anderson... It's a big swing in the fact that he was injured, but he only got one goal in 26 games. Like the trade itself, okay, Columbus needed the center. But to add a third round pick, I guess it was a bidding war. So that's what, and they had two other third rounders to spend. So I guess they were fine with that. But the trade itself to me and the signing, well, I should say the signing. The signing was more of a big swing than the trade. I guess that there was a lot of people that were going for Anderson. But what did you think of the whole Anderson situation? We'll get to Toffoli later. But that kind of is a risk, is it not? That's the thing with with the my idea of with the Anderson deal is like, okay, well, you know what? They're gonna save some money by making this trade. Anderson's gonna ask for much less than Domi. Domi's might make six million dollars. Completely proved me wrong. 100% not the correct answer. Um, so for him, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Anderson. You know, Burlington Cougars, OJHL player, always hey. one of the guys to go to the, the OJHL route. But a lot of people will bring up his production in Columbus uh, when he had 47 points. And while that's fair, he also spent a lot of time with Matt Duchesne. He spent a lot of time with Dubois and spent a lot of time at Panera, and he kind of split time between those guys. In Montreal, he's not going to have that. And I'm no. like, like are we, is Montreal putting that money out? And like this year's free agency is a lot different, but you look at the value that of, of guys out there. You wonder about that cap hit. But Anderson's going to play with 
I would say to Foley and Suzuki, maybe, maybe Kakniemi. Well, really that's, that's what I was going to say. That's the first line pairing, though. Well, do you, are you, I was going to say, no, 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 are, the ha- are the Habs banking on Suzuki and Kakniemi to just keep going up and up to pair to I play think with Anderson are. and Savoli? My, my well, guess right now is if I'm making the top line, it's Dano, Tatar, and Gallagher. And yeah. then I would say Toffoli, Suzuki, Anderson. I think the line's got more potential, it's but just pretty good second Suzuki's line. Not, yeah. Toffoli, pretty good lines. I mean, Toffoli I is a right a... shot, as is Anderson. They're both right shot, right wingers. Yeah, but Toffoli does have a lot of experience playing on the left wing too, so he could. Mm, Anderson, Anderson's all more of a right winger, so Toffoli does have both. Toffoli yeah. moves because then you also got to worry about uh, Jonathan Druin. Oh, I always worry when Jonathan Drouin's yeah, on the ice. <laughs> I think, think Drouin's way better than people give him credit for. I, Body, I actually I agree with you, Steven. I actually, I actually agree with you, Stevie. Like, I, I think, I think he's got. A, I think he still has a lot of potential. I, I also Tampa won a cup without him. Let, let's. <laughs> They, they also want a couple of on a lot of players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's, let's, I know, I know. I want a couple of Stamkos. Big so, so just looking at the stats. Basically. Look, looking at the stats. Suzuki, Kokniemi, four goals each. Everyone else, like, th- that's the scoring lead. Like, in 10 games, you have two guys with four goals and then yeah. a lot of guys with one goal. You know, Drew didn't play well, but let's not put that all on him in the playoffs. No, put it this way. Not. Montreal's whole focus in that was to just help care prize as much as possible. Yeah. And <laughs> You're right. Them beating <laughs> Pittsburgh... Wow. And then against Philadelphia, we started to see some of the holes come out, even though they put up a really good fight. Um, with Anderson, I, I just, I'm really concerned about him throwing a big hit and injuring himself again. Yeah, This yeah. is a guy that does have the injury history. And this is a history when you're a strong, tough guy, like that's not good. And it was hip and, surgery, right? So a hip, that's... Shoulder? Shoulder. shoulder. Oh, shoulder. Wow. Who had hip surgery? I'm thinking. Anyway, shoulder surgery, it's one of, both the same. You throw a big hit with your shoulder, woo and, mean, and like all of that, it's like like this is a guy that you know he he did shoot a lot. Yeah, and, you sound like Mario, bro. <laughs> I just Mario, bro. every time Anderson's gonna throw a hit next. Woohoo! Go on, like, Steve. It, it, Anderson when he had his forty-seven point season, he was he was shooting well. And then last year, you just saw where he couldn't shoot again. One goal in the in the in the twenty-six games, and this was a guy who had a, he got when he was playing. This was a Columbus team that was hurt all the time. Didn't matter. Who it was, there always seemed to be at least three or four guys hurt on any given night. So he did have some opportunities, and he just didn't look engaged like we are used yeah. to. Um, I This is a guy where I thought maybe would have got $3.5 million, $4 million maybe on a three-year deal. Yeah. This contract seems very odd. Now, at the same time, uh, uh, I was looking through Evolving Hockey, and they have got a really good cap calculator. And they had him signing a two-year deal at $2.75 million a year. Wow. And that takes into account his previous production and his injury this year. So it wasn't like they look the the predictors like oh he'll get four points he's only making two million dollars yeah. no they like they know this guy's good and right. they still had that that it was the price you pay like every team could use a guy like Anderson the Leafs could definitely use a guy like Anderson I, so, I agree um, and they got their own Anderson and a second Anderson um, yeah. but this is just someone where I, I don't really know how this is gonna work I think this is you get two good years out of him yeah. Montreal. And then it's like, well, just let the insurance pay for the rest of your contract type thing. Like if he, he throws a big kid and gets injured, it's scary. They are this deal is definitely banking a lot on potential. Like, you know, and as excited and as much as I was saying to his cousin, like, I want him here, I want him here, but I wanted him on a cap friendly deal four years the max. So when I saw that figure, I was like stunned. Yeah. It'll be a cap-friendly deal if a bunch of ifs go the right way. And that's if the salary cap goes up, if he stays True. healthy, 
if he produces. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I've talked to a few NHL GM or NHL agents, and they feel very confident that the salary cap will not go up for the next two seasons. At least yeah. at the very That's least. That's impressive. Yeah. Just yeah. to throw around that you've talked to a few NHL agents. <laughs> It's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's uh, a like name said, drop, but not naming the well, name. You're, you're pretty much the coolest way. person. Put it I this know way: one, this one of the interviews, <laughs> one of the interviews where this was even said, got published on the hockey news. Ian Pulver did it, so you know, oh, there you go. There, there is, a, there's a name. Um, so. What do you, what do you think about the Tyler Toffoli signing? It's a bit yeah. less term, a bit less Love money, it. but I think he's a, I think he's I a like better, it. more established player than Josh. They got Anderson. him on a better deal than I did on Easy you, on you, NHL 19. <laughs> First of all, playing on Easy. Yeah, come on, get out of here, Orange. But, no, How else am I going to get Crosby and Novechkin on the same line, bud? Like, come on. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, my, my roommate, who might actually still be here right now, anyways, he, he had a great NHL 19 team where it was like the fourth line had like Nathan McKinnon. And, like, <laughs> but, but that, so, so he and I played. So we basically, like no salary cap, nothing. Everybody was a superstar. Oh, I had and, a cap, but go on. And we lost to Detroit seven nothing when we played together, and it was embarrassing. <laughs> but if McKinnon's on oh, your fourth brutal. line, you shouldn't lose seven nothing to Detroit. But yeah. uh, obviously, like this like you guys mentioned, Toffoli, what a fantastic contract that is! Yeah. I thought he was going to make up a five and a half. So for him to get that, and for that term, Montreal hit a home run. Um, and like you know, if he, he's another Thomas Tatar, a really reliable winger that can get you. Mm solid 50 55 points a year you're getting great value out of that you're right people are saying montreal is some of the best right wing right winger depth in the league right now. i'm concerned about their center their, their depth at center i'm not i'm not I I'm actually, not. yeah it depends on how they develop right yeah. it depends on if suzuki and kakiyami keep going on the upwards trajectory that they were looking at right. looking like in the right. playoffs then we should be okay but bergevin has a huge offseason next year if you look at who, who is up and how much cap room they're allotting mm -hmm. as much as i like the moves that they have made so far bergevin's gonna have a big task not only with brendan gallagher but thomas tatar Cockneyemi, Suzuki, they're all up. So I, you know, good for Bergevin. He's starting to be like the G, the good GM again because there was a couple of years where he wasn't that great. So, and <laughs> that's up for know, discussion. But well, no, I mean, come on, the Duran trade sucked. Like, yeah, I mean, it could have gone either way. I mean, it, it you don't. It could have, but it didn't way. go the right way. <laughs> it maybe in hindsight it sucked, but it, it, he's still a, he's still. A, a I like Bergie. I like Bergie, so. but there was a there was a there was a there was a period of time where it didn't look good. The Hobbs could really use a guy like Circuit Jeff right now. They yeah. don't necessarily I, I need. Couldn't Drew. agree more. I agree. Yeah. But like, yeah. like the thing with the centerman, it's like you know, even if you move to no, then you give Suzuki the first line minutes. Well, in the second half of the season in the playoffs, did he prove that he would be a good threat? Hundred percent. The, the guy I'm concerned about though is Cockney, and I'm wondering because like he was he was playing basically for a spot for this coming season. And there was no guarantee. We saw that he got sent down to the AHL and you wonder like, is he got injured? Like you gotta wonder, is this guy like, was he rushed too early? Did that really hurt his development? And yeah, he was definitely rushed too early. Um, but I think that was also more of a way of them kind of saying like, Oh yeah, we made the right choice, you know, over picking Zadina. Like he's ready to go in the angel right now. It was not the right time, but he, it feel like he was playing every night. Like he was trying to save his career mm -hmm. and it worked out well. And I'm not sure if that will be the case this year, but at least he's got more, options to work around this year i think he's going to be playing with a better team next year than he did this season and he won't be regulated to fourth line duty he won't um and if deno's gone then he's a second liner and then you're getting good value out of him and suzuki you obviously like what he has uh what he could do to the table so i'm not too worried about their center uh i'm still more worried about their defense yeah and i mean i mean well you know Romanoff is supposed to be a really good prospect. Um, I like if, him. If Shea Weber can really Bully. kind of play the way he played in the playing rounds and then keep that up and if he doesn't really 
like start to turn his age. Um, and Carey Price still plays solid. I mean, I like Jake Allen to play a bunch of games to kind of level that out for Carey Price. But um, we'll move on down the division. Um, I won't touch on Ottawa just yet because I know we're going to talk about them when we talk about the draft. But let's bring it back to Boston because this is going to tie in Boston, St. Louis, and Vegas all in one. Um, if you really look at it, if no one would have known any better if they had fallen asleep on Wednesday and woke up today, they would think Tori Krug and Alex Petrangelo. Wow, sorry. Tori Krug swapped positions with Alex Petrangelo. Um, and then Petrangelo took Nate Schmidt's spot in Vegas. And then, you know, Chris Tanev ended up going to Calgary and Schmidt took that spot. And Mark musical chairs. There. Musical chairs everywhere. So let's start with um, Tori Krug in St. Louis. Um, Petrangelo stated that he was just, he didn't see that one coming. He was kind of blindsided. So bringing him into the conversation, I guess he kind of had no choice left to go to Vegas. Steven, I don't know if you heard anything behind the scenes, how that kind of all went down. Um, but do you think Vegas is going to like that signing down the road? Do you think St. Louis is going to like that signing? And, you know, Boston missed out on Ekman Larson because they probably thought they weren't getting Petrangelo. They probably thought Krug was out the door. Char is getting older. Um, they kind of missed out on their defensemen. So just from that three defenseman team perspective, Boston, St. Louis, Vegas. What did you kind of make of how that all went down? Well, I'll start with St. Louis. Uh, yeah. Tory Krug is one of the better left-handed defensemen in the league and our left-hand left, left side defense, I should say. Uh, and having him with Colton Pareko, that's a very, very strong deal. You know, it's made it's Petrangelo was the key guy, but if Krug's your backup guy and at the cost he was, which was just a little bit more than, um, Jonas Brodeen in Minnesota, like that's an incredible value. So I think that's a deal that they could still build around at other positions because they're not handicapped by a huge price that they would um, for Petrangelo. So if you're looking at it that way, it's like the value per dollar. I think they're getting a great deal on that. St. Louis still has a fantastic defense group. If you've got Krug, Pareko, Vince Dunn, Justin Falk, Falk as your top four, that's a great. Like, I love it. Scandella on your on your third pairing again, like that's that's incredible value there. So I think that looks good with Vegas. Again, this is a team that each year they always go for someone really big, and they've now got that in the, this year's being Petrangelo on the right side. Again, me, I'm not totally a huge friend, a fan of McNabb, but if Petrangelo and Theodore are two right their right side defense. Wow, Zach Whitecloud yeah. proved that he deserved to be in the NHL, and he's if he's your third pair in defense with Nick Holden, that's one of the better third pairs in the league, and very very underrated, but very strong uh, on puck possession and everything like that. That's a blue line that's going to hold the puck so often, and he, they're going to set up the guys. And you know they they definitely took a, a bit of a downgrade on center. They don't have um, Stassen anymore, but now Cody Glass has that opportunity to play Mark Stone and Max Patrick. Like again, like you can't be you can't go wrong with that line. So definitely nothing wrong there. Um, Boston's the team that I think is a bit more interesting. And I, and again, this is a team that I really, you look at their team and Marshawn Bergeron passion. I did so much for that team. And as you start to trickle down, the lineup doesn't look as good. Um, is your top pairing right now, McAvoy and Jeremy Lazan? Ooh, not, not, not yeah. totally in love with that one. Brandon Carlo, I think nope. is going to need to, to take on more opportunities. So there's some questions on that D. So I would say definitely St. Louis and Vegas. Nothing wrong there. Boston, eh, they, they need to make some moves. I, I agree with you, actually. And I, I like the move. I like Tory Krug. I thought I thought he was uh, – I, I think he's an underappreciated player as mm -hmm. much as he is appreciated. I think he does a lot more than people give him credit for. So 
Um, I, I like the move. I mean, you let Petrangelo go, but you bring in Tori Krug, and I think he's just as good, if not a, a better player. Like, I, I really – like, just watching him on Boston, I, I really think he had such a key role on that team, and I, I think you're going to see it in St. Louis. So I think it's going to – whoa, 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 back up, back going to speak for himself. Krug is better than who? I, I personally think Krug – is as good, if we not go. a better defenseman than Alex Petrangelo. Here we go. What? And, okay. Well, listen. I mean, I mean, you can say you can say whatever you want. But there's like, an argument to be made. I I agree. It's not I agree. a not super I, strong one, but there is one to be made. No, I, there's, there's <laughs> listen. Like I said, I mean, I think I think you'll you'll see as things play out. I mean, I I, uh-huh. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong, but just from watching Tory Krug on a a Boston team that I've hated for so long he's one of the guys that I've always respected for, for the way that he plays the game. So, I mean, I, and, and that being said, I've watched Tory Krug a lot more than I've watched Alex Petrangelo play to be fair. So, you know, uh, I mean, I, I spat there, but uh, my <laughs> he gosh, puts the helmet on. <laughs> yeah. This is stupid helmet. Um, yeah, so, I, so, but here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Alex, as Peritangelo, boy, good King City, boy, all right. He's no Bobby R, but he's still really good. Um, he, <laughs> this guy has been an, a perennial all-star, perennial leader, both on and, on and off the ice internationally since his inception. This guy was a fourth overall pick. I, again, when you look at the signing bonuses and how it's offset, from the next two years to the rest of the contract, it makes sense. But I think I, it was sad that he they had to sacrifice on center. It was, sad, but at the same time, Statsny was not really playing well this year. Kind of made himself expendable. But you have to sacrifice and get Gort in order to get talent. Um, and speaking of sacrifices, more on Nate Schmidt later. Uh, I Pierre Tangelo. As soon as I heard that he was going to Vegas to just meet with them, I knew it was over. I knew it was over. You go on the strip and you're just like, whoa. Steve, have you been to Vegas before? I haven't, but at the same time, doesn't he have a family? Like, I feel like this is not a yeah, guy who's going like, to be up partying all the time. I completely time. agree Hold with on. you. I'm getting I to it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So, so, so as a player and you're seeing all the facility, by the way, the facility is second to none. It is an amazing facility. It helps that it's also the most recent pretty much. And so, but then you have, okay, well, I have four kids. Where's the wife and kids are going to, where are they going to go? Well, Summer Hill is where the players have their practice facility. Summer Hill is where the players live. Viva Las Vegas Tourism brought to you by Michael Kakamo. <laughs> He's hey, told me. I'm done. I'm, I'm saying I'm going to Vegas. How much did they pay you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> bro, bro. I can't. Actually, I'm not going to repeat what I've done there, but I will say this. Whoa. <laughs> Just gonna put that aside, uh, but it, it but it is a first class organization, and it, it the the facilities are amazing. And the Vegas. funny thing is, is and Brian Burke was saying like, oh, you know, because he's all crusty, right? And he was saying like, oh, you know, like what kind of a reputation, dude? I know he's a colleague, Stephen. I'm sorry, but still, <laughs> no, dude, what kind of a reputation <laughs> where they sign a long term and then they just <laughs> let them go. It's sports is a business, okay? And you know what? The the I think it's I think the players understand that. It's the players don't want to leave Vegas, which is why Nate Schmidt's all sad. And you know what? We love Nate Schmidt in Vegas. We love him. Sad? Like I don't know. Oh, he is. He's sad. He's sad. Okay. <laughs> just speaking for him. He knows him. You Come talk on. to him. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, he's sad. It's very sad it's right very now. Sad. It's, it's been, very sad. It's he a got huge deal. For, but but. <laughs> 
but God bless you. Un- or, yeah, bless you. <laughs> and God bless America. But I'm, but, <laughs> but, uh, where was I going with this? But it, some, there, there had to be sacrifices to be made. I think Peter yeah. Tangelo, yes, the money was a huge, a huge sticking point, but, I are you not shocked that even though Florida was kicking tires on Nate Schmidt, that Nate Schmidt only went for a third round and not next year's draft, but the year after to bank like Jim Benning saved his job. No? Oh, hundred percent. I, I tweeted that's like at this point, it's like McDavid's gonna go for like a first and a conditional fifth this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it this way. In 2023. Last year, Nate Schmidt's not going for a fifth round pick. Or third yeah. round pick, whatever. Uh, he's not going it's for wild. third round, yeah. Wild, wild. He, but at the same time, we'll say this: the 2022 draft. I will say this is going to be awesome. So you're, you know what? Fine. The third round, it's not as exciting as a first round pick. But this is a guy that I expect to go at least for a first round pick, and for him to go for less than Josh Anderson, really, like right. at that point, yeah. It's like, I mean, you make a so, valid point. Like yeah, you got to wonder, like, but but again, that's the market right now. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of this is just teams helping each other by just taking on each other's cap problems. So yeah. I wanted to get your perspective on this because I don't know what the deal was, but apparently Florida had a better deal on the table. So why would Vegas trade for a third round pick in their conference versus a team in the East that apparently was preparing to offer more? I don't think anyone really knows the answer of that one. Unfortunately. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that one's weird. Like at the same time, maybe Schmidt's looking at, okay, Vancouver's kind of nice. British Columbia, maybe that was more of a... Oh, they're a riot. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah it's a t- true riot. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. See, the one, the one time I went to Vancouver, uh, it was during like the, the fires a couple years ago. So all I saw was Vancouver in orange. but uh, <laughs> And everything was closed. But uh, like, I, like again, you, you could be doing a lot worse than going to Western Canada. I'll say that. Yeah, Especially ba- you can go to Banff. You the Banff. Banff. Banff's quite far away from it. <laughs> it's a running kind of, joke. We got a running joke. Ripping Steve. on Banff. Fine. There you go. Yeah. Banff's like my favorite place in the world. When I lived oh, in Calgary, I went like five or six times. When did you know? live in Calgary? I didn't know that. Uh, 2018, I worked for Canadian Press. And, How was that? Uh, uh, it, 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 put it this way. It was just right out of university. And then you really appreciate school afterwards when you're like, man, it's so easy yeah. to meet people as opposed yeah. to, here, I'm working a night shift with, like nobody and they're like 40 years old and everything's closed. It's like, look how everything's closed at like five o'clock. Oh yeah. Like the, Tim Hortons closed at five 30 near me. Like what that's the heck? Ridiculous. And then this is my thing with Alberta. <laughs> that's okay. I didn't have a car. So I made any gunning anywhere. Like I, I lived there for, for like eight months. I went to two hockey games and they were in a week. Like a week apart, a Flames game and a Calgary Hitman game. How the Hitman game was really weird. Sorry to get on a tangent, but no, this was, go a, ahead. This was, this we love was this. a lacrosse style game where they put music on the entire game for the Hitman. Weird. It was such a weird That's experience. Weird. <laughs> weird. It's just it, weird. But the commentators were actually like, because they, like, I'm not sure commentator, but the, um, I read, like, the PA guy was commentating during the game. It almost felt like if you guys ever played, um, uh, NHL Hits 03. Oh, oh yeah. Classic. Okay. One of my yeah. favorite games, GameCube. So I, I played. I played it two nights ago on GameCube. Uh, like I still play it. Um, but I have, a, I have a really good team. Uh, anyway, so it kind of felt like the commentary from there it was like making fun of the other team getting penalties. It was a really funny game. But for, yeah. for me, just going there, it's like, oh, this is really loud and just weird. Um, but like, yeah, I, I love. I love Alberta. I don't miss working out in Calgary. But the hamburgers were so much better there. Wow, I got that because uh, of all that beef, that beef yeah, baby. that fresh oh, beef. You know, there's a there's a Marriott hotel in the downtown core with a restaurant, and it had the greatest burger of all time. 
and it. Oh, you're um, making me hungry, dude. Oh, I want a burger. I was just gonna I, say. I, I, I've, all I've had to eat today was a salad. I actually I've was had, making me too. <laughs> I, I put nachos in. Cowards. Both I, I was making like some like <laughs> some, a small plate of nachos, and then I get the text from G. I was like, Link said, like, "Oh crap, 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 crap." <laughs> I, I totally forgot the time, so I had to rush. And uh, but like you know, like like and it was amazing burger. They put like coffee in the in the um in the, the sauce. I've heard and of that. Super hyper, but it was so good. And then the, my favorite was the drink, the old fashioned. Uh, I've, I, it tasted horrible, but it was really cool. Be the fact that <laughs> they had this giant like ice like ball, and Damn. you put it in. But then they make the drink by setting the glass on fire, and, and they, they, they set the whole thing on fire. And it's really cool. It's, oh, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, but it also tasted like horrible, absolute garbage. Yeah, it's just straight whiskey heavy. <laughs> Which well, I don't mind. Whiskey, I, don't, I don't mind straight whiskey. It's just like it was like. Like I felt like I was drinking hundred percent alcohol and yeah, like, oh, not yeah. getting the effects of it. <laughs> it yeah. Felt like it was so disappointing. To bring it back on the rails, since we're talking about Alberta and Calgary, we'll talk about the Flames, the Oilers, and the Canucks because we already did kind of kind of talk about the Canucks a little bit. So the Canucks and the Flames, they kind of did a little bit of dance. I was going to use another term, but I won't use it here. Um, they did a little bit of a swap with each other. Um, <laughs> J- Jacob Markstrom. Um, and Chris Tanev going to the Calgary Flames. Um, Mike Smith going back to Edmonton. And, man, was the Oilers' Twitter not happy about that. Yeah, um, But real. Edmonton also brought in Tyson Berry, as we mentioned, on a one-year deal. Uh, Kyle, so Kyle <laughs> Turris on a one-year deal. Mike, I'm speaking. Um, Kyle Turris on a one-year deal. They brought back Tyler Ennis. Um, Vancouver, they bring in uh, Braden Holpe along with losing Tyler Toffoli and those guys. Um, so what do you kind of think is going to happen in the Pacific Division? I know we talk about Vegas now with Petrangelo and those guys thinking they're probably going to be a heavy cup favorite. But do you see Vancouver still making a good run, even though they've kind of, I wouldn't say addition by subtraction, but they lost. They, I think they got a little yeah, bit worse. I agree. Um, a little? <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I, I definitely think they got worse, hundred percent. Yeah, like, and then Calgary, I don't know what they did. You know, is Tanov a suitable replacement for TJ Brody? Um, Markstrom. I mean, I think they found their goalie. I think Markstrom's a great goalie, but let's just hope he can at least have at least half of the six-year deal uh, perform to what he did this year. So, Stephen, give us your take. I'm ready to fight Calgary Flames fans uh, because, they, they, because I got people saying I should be fired on like my fourth day of the job last year when I uh, said that uh, David Ridge was not that great of a goaltender. And clearly the Flames <laughs> must agree if they went out and signed a guy for a six-year deal. But yeah, for real. Um, yeah let, let's go just go Vancouver to start. This is a team that did not get better. And yeah. I thought from the start they were not going to be able to bring in Marshall. Like we're talking like a year ago. I was saying like Demko's your guy going into 2020-21. Do you believe um, in Demko? Sorry to interrupt. I, I do. I, I yeah. do think like this is, there's, there's a reason he was so – highly sought after heading into the draft when he got drafted um and i think holpe is a good mentor for him at the same time like we can't like holpe had a really bad season um but you gotta wonder though if he can have a rebound here he's gonna be playing like the defense core now has nate schmidt if nate schmidt quinn hughes uh tyler myers jordy ben alex Edler. that's actually a pretty solid not defense bad. core that's yeah. not a bad not portal bad. um and when you look at washington it was john carlson and then it started to fall off after like dimitri orlov and that if you look at the thing like look at the guys they were playing at the end of the this the regular season and i know a lot of people really thought like Ryko gudas was like this really good player lee fan specifically but gudas <laughs> was in and out of the lineup and they were they were alternating like the the bottom like three defensemen a lot um 
I think Vancouver might have a better defense system to work with. And if you're looking at Quinn Hughes as a potential top 10 defenseman in the near future, yeah, you know, I think that's could see a bit better Holpe. And of course you, you got to be better than what your defense is if you want to be a good goaltender. But now he's got something where I think mentally he went into last year knowing like, well, I'm in a contract a year. Samsonov's finally ready. Samsonov was viewed as a goal of the future. Maybe he just wasn't mentally there. Now he's playing, um, knowing that you know, he, he's a very likely candidate to go to Seattle. Um, but also yeah. he's looking at someone where it's like he, he's still trying to fight for his career. You know, he's going to be 33 when his next contract is – or when he signs his next contract. He could still get a couple years after that. So he's still trying to prove that he's got something there. So I think that's good competition for there. But after that, again, I, I don't think Vancouver really improved. The Schmidt one, like you – know, it was like paying five bucks to, to get a PS five. Like basically like they just stole <laughs> yeah. him. They stole him there. Um, but at, at the same time, they didn't like make any other real additions. And they're really paying the price of having to pay the contracts for Louis Erickson and Jay yeah. Beagle. And those, yeah, and those guys who just aren't worth the, the Antoine Roussel. Yeah, Antoine cool. Roussel. Like the, the, those are not the salaries that the Canucks really want. And not to they, mention Roberto Longo for another th- a 3 yeah. million for next couple of years too. It's, it's wow, hilarious. Really? Like that. So, so so yeah, so like they're hit, they're like they're hit on that. But at the same time, I don't think they're in a horrible situation. Um, Tanov going to was where he went again. I don't think that's a bad pick either. Uh, I think when you look at Calgary, they they've got some solid defensemen. They got their goalie. I think they're going to look good. I'm scared about Edmonton though. Mike Smith. I agree. Yeah, Mike Smith, yeah. Tyson Berry, Kyle Turris. I mean, those are some pretty year, big flyers. <laughs> in a year where the Oilers like basically had all the tools of like you know there's so many good goalies this year you can really kind of hit the mark and maybe get someone yeah. even if it's a short-term thing because they don't yeah. have a really solid goalie in the prospect system right now no they're like well this could be really good and then you brought back mike smith so what do you who, think who about probably was done like two years ago yeah yeah what do you think about freddie anderson uh in the oh, leafs like whoa, do you think... whoa, you're going off a tangent here no i'm he... just saying like do you think he'd be a good fit there i, I don't think the leafs trade him at no, all. you don't. So that's, what, that's what, what would what would Edmonton even be able to offer up that's, to Toronto? That's that's the problem. Like you, Nothing. if you're doing that, you gotta offer uh, an Evan Bouchard. Yeah, and I, Edmonton's Blade. not doing that. <laughs> no, I, they're gonna have to give away one of their really good defense prospects. And why yeah. would Edmonton do that? Exactly. Anderson's not the answer. Uh, I thought for them they should make the the run for Brayden Holpe. I thought they were gonna go for Holpe. I thought they were gonna go out and get Matt Murray. I also thought trading Matt Murray was a mistake by Pittsburgh. Um, wow, but okay. just because I thought like, are you really relying on? Tristan Jari after one good year where if I you look, agree. If you, if also, agree it's a mistake from Pittsburgh's end, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but, okay. yeah. But if you look, if you look in the yeah. second half of the season, Tristan Jari was actually a bottom 10 goalie in stats. Wow. Like, you're yeah. really relying on that early start being able well, to be replicated on a team that really hasn't improved. That. Well, yeah. Jim Rutherford hasn't really been at it. Ever since he got that call from the Hall of Fame, the guy's just pretty much on airplane mode. But yeah. I just want to get back to the goaltending in Edmonton. And I'm going to talk about the defense in Edmonton. Really, the goaltending in Edmonton, the only team that I think is worse in the goaltending depth is Carolina. And maybe Minnesota because they think Cam Talbot is the second coming given the contract that they gave him. What the hell? But the Tyson Berry thing was interesting because he was offered more money from Vancouver, hometown boy, was offered more money, but he went to Edmonton for 3.75 where he could have got around six in Vancouver. I think for Berry... I think it's more of a fit because the Toronto project failed. It did. I mean, I know I threw a bunch of fancy numbers to out To say there, the least, yeah. But, but it, was, it, it didn't work out. So I think I'm, I, I get what you're saying about Edmonton. 
and it's kind of funny they got jobbed at the trade deadline, seeing as that Mike Green is gone and Anthony is gone and their second round yeah, picks are gone. That's what I wanted to bring up. Athens C. What what did Kenny Holland trade from? Like a couple second rounds? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, all those man. picks gone. And but I think it'll be interesting to see Barry PP one with Drysidle and McDavid. I think Kyle Turris is a good option for a cheap center depth. I think you know what, one point two or something, whatever it was, not bad. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how Tice, Tice I joke, Tison Batty, how he's going to do in the Edmonton system, given what we saw the last couple of years from him. I think that it's not as dire. I mean, I'm sure that they would have liked a better partner for Mike Smith, but either they couldn't afford it or no one really wanted to go to Edmonton. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like they, we knew we knew the Oilers were really in the run for for Markstrom, and that didn't really happen. But yeah. uh, go going to like. Tyson Bear. I think this would be a huge, huge proving season for him because I think he's a much better defenseman than really he got credit for. Yeah, I think I he was right. better in Toronto than a lot of people give him credit for too, in particular. So, um, you know, it, I think in Edmonton, he if, he if he's playing with a guy like Darnell Nurse, I think he'll be able to relax a bit because he's got someone who could really shoulder the load Play too. defense, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the <laughs> thing. Mean, like, you I know, agree. It's never good when a defenseman is flawed at playing defense, but unfortunately, <laughs> that is kind of the case with Tyson Perry at points. Um, but like, he's going to play a really key role because they don't have cloth palm for a long time, and then after that, it's a really young defense group. Um, out, like, well, assuming they're going to call up one of their young prospects, and I, I don't have to assume Bouchard's ready to go. Um, but Chris Russell and Adam Larson, if you could hope that they stay healthy, you know, like that, that adds a bit of depth, but this is not a, a great defense core and not a great goaltending group. Um, Tyson Berry, you know, I think that's worth the risk. This is a good opportunity for him to prove he's, he's could be a really valuable player again. Um, it's just going to be a challenge. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I ahead. just want a couple of questions. We were talking about Anna to see you, but we, I also want to bring up a winger, Mike Hoffman. Now, I've chirped him on this show. I've chirped his girlfriend on the show. <laughs> Are the off-ice issues with Mike Hoffman one of the reasons why he hasn't signed with a team yet? Uh, before Steven jumps in, I'm going to say it's got to play a part. But at the yeah. same time, there's, there's a bunch of shit that's gone on this year. He's probably wanting a, like a long-term deal, big cap hit, and there's just not that many teams willing to do that right now yeah, doesn't help that his girlfriend goes into yelling matches in the private boxes but sure <laughs> like, yeah she can't even do that <laughs> this there's also oh, yeah. questions there's also questions of how much is he relying on his teammates to really yeah. be as good as he is if if he's not paired like like if he goes to Edmonton, you know, that's, I think, a good bet. But maybe he's kind of over, like, the guess is that he's overvaluing himself and his agent's overvaluing him because, like, oh, look, he had, he had a 70-point season. He's been a really consistent 60-point guy. But it's, like, he's, like, playing with Barkov and playing with um, Huberduber. Like, those are guys, like, you know, you're going <laughs> to – that's the name I've given him forever. Yeah. <laughs> those are good players to play with. And he also, like, Ottawa, he played with Mike, Mark Stone. And, yep. you know, he's not the, the most fluent defensive player at all either. So my guess is just he's asking for a little too much. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think he'll get, he'll get flushed out eventually, but. Yeah, so it's just uh, – yeah, it's just also, like, with Toffoli, like, how bad are the Vancouver Canucks issues – yeah. that they had to that they couldn't even match what Montreal was offering. It's just Jim Benning has made some good moves this year, although he had to let go of Stretcher. Yeah. Uh, Tanev, right shot D. So I, I it's gonna be um it's gonna be up in the air, I think. I, I I the teams in the East mostly 
I think can, as Canadian teams go, yeah. got better. Winnipeg, sure. I think got better. Uh, the West, I think they're going to be pretty much where they were, pretty much where they were this past season. I think they're going to be hovering where they were. So yeah, well, you, Kak, you know what? You bring up Canadian teams, and it's a good way to segue. I think. I think before we get into the draft, because I know Steven wants to talk about the draft, um, I think we pretty much hit all the big free agents. I mean, there was a lot that happened over the last five, six so days. Much. Yeah. Um, but I think we covered most of the big ones. But you mentioned Canadian teams, and uh, we're going to talk about Ottawa because we're going to talk about the draft now. And the reason I Sick bring up jerseys. Ottawa on the draft, they had two picks in the top five, and that was the first time we've seen it since, I think, Rick, Rick DiPietro. And um, was it Rafi Torres that went fifth in, like, 2000? Something like that. Sounds about right. Um, so Ottawa ended up taking Tim Stutzel at three, Jake Sanderson at five, and then they had another pick in the first round, Ridley Grieg at 28th overall. Um, but we saw Lafreniere go first. I think that was a unanimous lock for about the last 18 months. Um, but it was kind of a toss-up between Quentin Byfield and Tim Stutzel going for uh, to the LA Kings. Um, I personally think the LA Kings made the right pick. Well, right pick might not be the word, but I think Quentin Byfield is a – I think he's more ready to play. Um, Steven, maybe you can kind of give your opinion on Stutzel and Byfield. Do you think – Byfield should have went two, or do you think Stutzel should have went two? What do you kind of think about that? Uh, I, I asked a bunch of because I do a lot of draft stuff and a lot of prospect mm-hmm. stuff, and I, I talked to a lot of scouts asking like, who is your Byfield or Stutzel? Who's more NHL ready? Right. And every single one of them did not pick Byfield. They all picked Stutzel. Wow. Okay. Um, this is a guy that again he's already played a whole year of pro hockey, and yep. like, he, he was a very solid player out there. Um, the thing with Byfield is uh, you really if because he's got true number one center potential. And I do like him at number two. I That was my pick for number two to he's start with. He's a this beast. is a guy, yeah, you, you can rely on, like, he can be physically dominant. The problem is he doesn't do it enough. Sometimes in a given shift, he's the least physical player on the ice. And you really want a, a big guy like that to be able to throw big hits, to be very physical. Um, he's obviously got the total skill, but he's a number one centerman. And that's pretty valuable. I think you take that. LA's got some good center prospects. I, you still like, he's the best one of all of them. And a lot of LA fans like, Oh, we got some good centers. Like let's pick Stutzler. He's a winger, but you, you got to pick the best player available. Byfield's the best player available. Now I will say this. I, I wrote an article from line movement. It has not come out yet, but it's about the draft winners and losers. And Ottawa is not on the winning side of it. They're on the losing side. of it. Wow. This. Really? I, I think their picks were fine in the first round, but they could have, got better value Ridley Gregg I like the prospect but if guy whose biggest concern in the ice is throwing a big hit is chosen over a guy like Brendan Brisson or Maverick Bork who could be these really dynamic goal scorers those were the guys that I thought should have been there I didn't think Ridley Gregg was a first round pick and they picked him now obviously yeah like they picked him at 28th they also picked again at 33rd he would have yeah. been available at 33 in my opinion mm-hmm. um but I also don't think Sanderson necessarily is the best defenseman in the draft. I think maybe Jamie Drysdale would be better. If you want a guy like Jamie Drysdale, um, think of, uh, well, I'd say the best comparable is Bowen Byron, but he's also still a prospect too. But he's a guy that you could really rely on as a two-way defenseman, moves the puck well, um, doesn't need to use size to be effective. That's kind of what yeah. Jamie Drysdale is. I would have think that maybe they go for a guy like Alex Holtz. Go get a winger who could be your number one winger to play alongside Byfield and be the guy you can rely on to score goals. If you had Holtz, Byfield, and Brady Kachuk as your first line, like 
that line's unstoppable because you got the size and the physicality and and, and you got shot, a bit of everything. You, yeah. you got you got everything you need there. Yeah. Um, so I I don't think Sanderson was the right pick, and they did pick a few other defensemen. Where you started to wonder. That's the thing. The, 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 where it started to fall apart for them was day two, and that's where they started to pick guys where it's like ah you. Again, you could have got better value. Uh, Robbie Gerventi was not the 33rd best prospect. I would have, I had him at like 50th. Now again, that's just my rankings. But like Tyler Clevin at 40, got number 44. I think I had him at number 75 or something like wow. a one that a lot of people were really surprised on. It's like a second round pick on this guy, mm-hmm. really? And they picked him. So I, I didn't think the, the Senators had a fantastic draft. I think they left some things on the table. But at the same time, you can't go wrong with going out there and getting. Um, Tim Stutzla and going out there and getting Jake Sanderson. You got really yeah. good talent. Do you think they would have been uh, better off trading for the number one overall if they could have done if no. they could have done so? No, no. no. Uh, Lefrenor would have been really good, but the the value of having two of those guys, yeah, it matters more. Yeah. Stutzel apparently is now injured and he yeah, needs surgery. Yeah, broke his left hand. He's gonna have surgery and he. Here's the thing with Stutzla. He was not a top five prospect all year long. This is yeah. a guy that right before the World Juniors really put himself in that conversation. Uh, looking back at some, like earlier today, I was looking at some old draft rankings. It was hard to find him in the top 15. Wow. So he had a really good year, and he deserved to be where he got picked. But, again, like the, now he's going to be missing time, and there was unsure of when the DEL was even going to return. So yeah. uh, this is a guy that at the, at the U-20 tournament this past summer, he was frustrating to watch. It, it was him playing in Switzerland, and Switzerland just – shut him down he -hmm. couldn't find a way to score uh he was very ineffective in a lot of those games a lot of times was like i would say maybe the seventh or eighth best forward on the team he could be a frustrating guy to watch but when he's got everything going you know what you're getting so i think Ottawa's going to be really in love with him but i think i think la made the right choice going to five him going going to the other team in the division uh the atlantic that is detroit lucas raymond now, I know I talked to you earlier on. I wrote a piece for the hockey writers thinking, I think Ottawa should have maybe taken the stretch and taken him at three, and then Detroit took him at four. Um, I didn't think he was going to be there at five, so I maybe kind of thought Detroit was going to take him. Do you think that was a reach? And also, a second follow-up question, do you think the Minnesota Wild got the steal of the first round by Marco Rossi dropping all the way down to nine? I'll start up with Minnesota. Yes, done. Easy, done. Yeah. Easy. The Minnesota was for me was – me. For me, Minnesota won the draft. Um, yeah. They didn't need a lot of picks to make that effective this year. But yeah. um, if you're looking at, uh, at Raymond, definitely not a reach there. Number four, I thought they're going for Cole Perfetti. That's what it really sounded like from talking to people. It's like it seemed like Perfetti was a safe bet to go to number four. He plays in the area. The one thing that they really wanted him to do was to work kind of skating. But I also there there was definitely real consideration for Raymond going to number three. Um, in which case, maybe Detroit thought maybe. Maybe they want to get a chance to pick him. Mm-hmm. Lucas Raymond is one of the best playmaking forwards, one of the best two-way forwards in this draft. And there's he's going to be a fantastic player. Um, you got to get him the right tools around him to really kind of wake him up. And I think some Red Wings fans saw his stats and said, ooh, didn't really have a great year in the SHL. He was some games he was playing three minutes a night. And that's just because in Europe, um, they're they're focused on winning development and having those guys go to the NHL means nothing to them because yeah. what does Frolunda get if 
Raymond goes to the NHL. Nothing. Nothing, absolutely. But nothing. if he stays there forever, that means a lot more to them. So you'll see – it's more in the KHL, but you'll see uh, the European teams not really play the guys that much. I think Raymond's going to be a very fantastic player. I really was hoping it would be him and Holtz playing together because they're called the Swedish Terror Twins. They absolutely yeah. annihilate everyone they play against. Um, they, they play in tournament not long ago. I think in one game they got like eight or nine points combined. It was just like oh. they are – they're fantastic. It's a shame they aren't going to play together. Um, but in terms of like the, the top four, I think all of those were about the best picks possible. So what do you think about Rodion Garbajov? I mean, Amirov, because, because, <laughs> because uh, Leafs Twitter, man, it was like, yeah, we'll get was, you out. We'll get you out of your watch. last draft analysis with the Leafs pick in the guy who had 28 games played. I think no goals, something like that, <laughs> but hold on. So here's the to preface this. He's also, he was playing in two other Russian leagues. And the good thing about this, well, not the good, well, okay. The good thing about this year and the, the KHL is still going. So, the, so they had a little bit more time to see how he transitions from one year to the next. But the Amirov pick, what's your take? Let's, let's put Leafs Nation at a little bit of ease, if it's possible. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? I think, I, think I, you, think, I think you're going to say you're going to love it. I think, I think it's you're saying. I agree. I think you are going to say that it fits in well with Dubis, the way Dubis uh, structures his team, that he's not going to draft any more good old Canadian boys to make them happy, that it's small skill wingers, and it could be potential trade capital. Did you guys like Van Riemsdyk on the Toronto Police? I loved him. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. I, I really like Jake, Jake Van, Van Riemsdyk. Uh, <laughs> I, if, 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 yeah, J, James Van Riemsdyk, sorry. Uh, if, if I was going to get a jersey, it was going to be a JVR jersey. Like, so you're going to like Amir off that. You're going to like Amir off. Okay. This okay. is a guy that, you know, he's not a huge guy, but he brings a lot to the table. He, he will throw a big hit, you know. Uh, there, there's a lot of games where he would lead his team in hits. And, he, again, he's not a huge guy. He looks very lanky, but he's not afraid to get physical at points. Um, he's very – I don't know how to say other than, like, everything he does, he does for a purpose. He doesn't waste much of his energy. Um, he's – sees the ice so well um he's a great playmaker you know i don't again we're talking we're talking the khl this is a guy that was a healthy scratch for like four or five games before he went to the spangler cup and then was like the best player on ufa um he was playing on a good team so he didn't get a lot of opportunity so when you look at his stats last year where he produced like nothing i wouldn't be too worried about that this year he's getting an opportunity he's playing on a good team and he's starting to produce um it's very hard for an under 20 player to do anything in the KHL and he's only 19. Um, so I do think there's, there's a lot going for him there. Uh, I've really liked what he does in international um, play. I do think though, we're still talking about a guy who's maybe third line potential. And that seems like I've said that a lot about these guys. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this is a third line, maybe for Toronto. Um, I know a lot of people were saying like, why didn't you draft a defenseman? You go for the best player available. And at that time, Rodion Amirov was definitely the best player available. Uh, I think the best guy in the first round after that will end up being, uh, I'm trying to, trying to blank who it is. Uh, Maverick Bork. Uh, I think the Dallas starts got an absolute steal in him. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think that uh, you, you should be excited for the least fans, but you got to temper your expectations. It's okay if your first round pick at that number ends up becoming a third liner, as long as they're an effective third liner. And if you want to have real good energy uh, and we'll get everyone on your team excited and you know, he's, he's a good shooter. 
Uh, I, I have no complaints with that pick. Um, it's a strong first round draft, but I also the first round overall. I just wasn't convinced about Caden Gooley because Gooley's a really good skater. He could punish players. And I, I, I'll say this for Toronto. Um, he's, I, I would say Romanoff is much yeah. better than what Gula is going to be, yeah. uh, just to put that in perspective. Um, but after that, the defense this year was not the right year to pick a defenseman. If you, that was your dire need and the yeah. Leafs needed some more defensemen, this was not the year to do it. So, so, so here we go. So Carlo Kuliakovo fellow first round <laughs> pick was like, they need to get the need. What kind? Kind of a need on defense in this draft are you getting at 15th overall? No, this is that, what I wasn't that's, understanding. That's what I kept trying to tell people, like Leaf fans, like, oh, you need to pick a defenseman. Like, but you're, then you're just kind of just throwing a pick at a defenseman instead of getting something who, if, if Amirov is trade fodder in two, three years, yeah, so what? Fine. Yeah. That, that works. Um, and then it addresses the needs then. You're drafting, if, like, people are saying, like, oh, like, we need a guy who could be close to ready. Um, unfortunately, many players outside of the top 10 are not close to being ready. Uh, which is also part of my argument where I also think Askarov's actually a lot closer because national fans are like, we need someone who's quick, like ready to be in the NHL soon. I think Askarov is closer to the NHL than Seth Jarvis, Dylan Holloway, Amirov, yeah, Goulet, yeah. all those guys, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say Lee fans should not be upset with that pick. You go for the best player available. He's the best player available. He's getting opportunities yeah, in the game. Tra- tra- I think he's you, really going to impress. You trade for need in the now. You draft for need in the future. Who's to exactly. say what Toronto's needs are? I exactly. agree with that. Yeah, and like that's the thing. So, Kane and Gouley to Montreal, yeah. that's not a bad pick. Because I was um, getting a lot of that. Like, well, he's not a defenseman. Well, <laughs> I that. Yeah, no. again, again, you go for the best player available. If you yeah. pick just for need in the first round, you're just wasting a pick. Yeah. And mean, less the, if you yeah, draft Luke Shen fifth overall. Especially <laughs> if, if needs, Tyler Biggs. If needs going to change two years down the road. I mean, it's, exactly. it's impossible to say, like, we're going to draft a defenseman now. If he's not ready now, if, I if mean, Logan, yeah, if Logan and Sandine are ready to go in the next right. year or two, all I of a sudden Toronto's defense woes are gone. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's a perfect example is, is you draft people like Sandine and Lilligren. They didn't play right after they got drafted. So, I mean, and they're not even playing now. So I, if you're going to draft based on need and think that that's a defenseman, then I think that's just the wrong way to do it. it. Yeah. So. 100%. And, and like the other thing is like, well, well that's 1000% the case. Um, it, it doesn't hurt to draft for knee later in the draft because at that point you kind of pretty much have to. It's best player available is really subjective at that point. Next year is the draft where we could see four defensemen in the top five. Um, wow. And we could see something like like 11 defensemen in the first round, which is unreal year for defense. We're going to talk like, I don't know, like Brant Clark. 2021 you're going to hear me talk about him so often he's incredible defenseman like i'm we're talking like if pk suban could play in his own zone consistently you're getting <laughs> like that's what brant clark is but again this year was not the year to pick a draft a defenseman you do that next year and like you said you're, you're not getting a guy who's going to be immediately ready to go at 15 right yeah, absolutely i agree yeah. with that and I'm thinking even if, let's say, Lafreniere wasn't going first overall this year and there was a defenseman first overall and the Leafs had that pick, it's it's still not even a guarantee that guy's going to be put in the lineup right away. Um, but, Steven, uh, we're going to get you out of here on that. Um, How long did this I got nachos go? ready to go. I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> this I guy's mean, hungry, man. My, my, stomach, my stomach's rumbling, too. I got to go to the bathroom. But we went for almost a good – 90 minutes there oh, yeah um, it's it's always fantastic having it's you good on. content it's good hey, content hey, that's the, one that's the question thing. uh when do the Leafs win their stanley cup if right. ever well it's, um, it's gonna be after ottawa right unfortunately the Leafs are gonna have to fold their franchise because it's never happening anytime <laughs> soon oh, oh! 
out. I I'll also say this. I also say this. Uh, we've had a lot of interns at the Hockey News since Geo's left, and Geo's still one of the most impressionable ones we've had. So, wow. uh, Boom! What a hey, hi there, ho there. Um, so there's there's that. It's uh, also a lot of college of sports media guys. It seems to be a pretty solid school. I can't say anything about that school, but yeah. uh, me neither. <laughs> I, I might have a meeting with them next week. <laughs> oh, well, it, I, I I did. I went there for. I got interviewed there uh, for a video, and it's like pretty cool campus. It's also right yeah. beside the Hawkins office. But um, oh, okay, yeah, very cool. But anyways, yes, uh, just yeah. wanted to give that shout out. Yeah, cool. let's end it off on that high praise of myself. Also, uh, I was yeah, just completely yeah, lying. Yeah. I made that up. He sucked. <laughs> <laughs> see well, that? I, see, I was hearing more of that in my deep dives. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, your deep dives are horseshit. Uh, <laughs> hey, they've been right. Well, they have been. Of. Well, Stephen, once again, thank you so much for coming on the Face Off Hockey <laughs> Podcast, our first ever recurring guest, That's and as Mike. Mike is frozen in his Zoom chat, but that smile... Oh, he's back. Um, I'm that smile was locked in. <laughs> um, we're definitely going to have you back on in the future, maybe in January when the NHL plans to get back going um, after your 24-hour race, and then we'll do some draft preview as well. Um, so, guys, go All ready fall. to go. Oh, he's ready to go. Nice. There's the oh, wheel. I love that it. coming four-wheel drive? Or? <laughs> oh, uh, well, my pedals are broken. I, uh, oh, okay, here's, here's one quick funny story. Um, I had to use compressed air for the first time to cl- clean my pedals. <laughs> no um, way. Uh, it, 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 it didn't fix it the way I needed to do. Um, I cut my finger, and I went to, like, lick the blood off so it wouldn't bleed all of my pedals. I'm like, man, that tasted horrible. And then I felt sick for the entire night. Because it turns out compressed air is very bad for you. (laughs) I felt like I was going to die. This was like, I want to say Saturday night. I thought it was like a horrible experience. Oh, well, please don't, please don't drop on us anytime soon. Oh, I was talking to my girlfriend about that. It's like, how embarrassing would it be? It's like, you go to the funeral. It's like, yeah, my boyfriend died because he was cleaning his video game pedals. It'd be like almost Susan in Seinfeld. She died from licking toxic licking wedding envelopes. envelopes. <laughs> it kills more than one Americans every year. Um, yeah, so, so, so don't, don't, don't lick compressed air. Don't lick compressed air. But... I thought compressed air was literally just air, but apparently no, it's, it's actually <laughs> could hurt you. Well, going off of that, don't do that, but go follow Stephen Ellis on Twitter at Stephen Ellis, THN. If that's correct, yep. um, you can follow us to the names below, and we'll put Steven's name below as well. Um, so once again, as always, thank you for coming on. Guys, go check out beanbundle.com. Use promo code PUCK10. Save 10% off your monthly coffee subscription. And while you're at it, social media, at FaceOffPuckPod. Subscribe to the show, FaceOff Hockey Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. And Steven, I don't know if last time we had the Yager salute as our farewell but every time we sign off now we get ready with the yager salute salute thank you Stevie. and thank thanks, you buddy. thanks guys thank for you. having thank me you. this thank is you. awesome